Hello and welcome to another edition of Cine Critique. My name is Shane A. Bassett, your host, the movie analyst, and uh, I'll be talking to a very accomplished director today, especially because his latest film, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, is an Oscar nominee. That's right, it is a 2023 Oscar nominee. You are tuned in to Cine Critique, the podcast that discusses movies and entertainment in general, and interviews some very cool people, including Anthony Fabian. You're about to hear my conversation with Anthony, but first, here's a little taste of the movie Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. It's based on a series of books, and I'll tell you who some of the actors are in it in just a few moments. Mom's away. Mrs. Harris, what would I do without you? Mrs. Harris is the soul of discretion. One would never know she'd been, but for the polish on my knobs. That's what we are, Vi, the invisible women. Kiss me once, kiss me twice, then kiss me once again. Isn't it divine? 500 pounds. 500 quid for a drink? When I put it on, nothing else matters. My Eddie would love to see me in a Dior gown. War's been over a long time. Your Eddie's never coming back. Nothing wrong with dreaming, Ed. That's what you are. You're a dreamer. You should have been receiving a war widow's pension. Comes quite a tidy sum. Oh, it's my Eddie. It's a sign from my angel. What are you going to do? I'm going to buy a dress. A Christian Dior from Paris. Excuse me, dear. I'm after a frock, one of them 500 pound ones. You have the wrong dress. Please let me escort you out. No, 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 hang on a minute. I saved every penny scrubbing floors so I can buy this frock. Excuse me, but it would be my honor to have you view the collection as my guest. Your dress is designed to astonish. How will you do that, Mrs. Harris? You are nobody. Invisible. Madame, may I give you a lift? What was I thinking coming here? I'm just a cleaner from London. No, your cleaner dreams of the most beautiful gown in the world. It's not sewing. It's making moonlight. You dare to follow your dreams, Mrs. Harris. Bravo. This is not possible. Not at all. Where are you going, Mrs. Harris? To see the boss. Mrs. Harris, these are for you, from Monsieur Le Marquis. I've spent too long on my own wishing my life away. You don't want to do the same thing. This is your chance. I have never encountered anyone like you. Come on, girls, follow me. Today, there's a new woman, a modern woman. I thought it was too late. Now, I'm not so sure. Who's that bloke? Looks the master himself, Monsieur Dior. He looks like my milkman. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that doesn't uh, make you want to watch the movie, maybe my conversation with the director will. As I mentioned, it's based on a series of books. I'd never heard of them until the movie came out. There was a movie made previously called Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. A TV movie from 1992 starring Angela Lansbury and Diana Rigg. 
among others. Uh, now, that was something I, again, never heard of. And the H is dropped in Harris. So it's really Mrs. Harris goes to Paris and I can't speak in an English accent. Anyway, the new version stars Leslie Manville as Mrs. Harris. And she is already an Oscar nominee herself for a movie called The Phantom Thread. And she is amazing in this. Perfect casting. I think the cast around her is equally as fun. You have people just of high status when you think about it, like Isabel Hubber and also none other than Christian McKay, who I do ask the director a little bit about because I do think Christian McKay flies under the radar. Some of the uh, roles that he is responsible for, including playing Citizen Kane once. Uh, anyway, enjoy my chat about Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, the 2022 version. It has been nominated for an Oscar for what category do you think it might be nominated in? Hmm. Think about it. It's Paris. It's 1950s. It's London as well. What was huge then and still is now when you think about it? Fashion. Yeah. We are the good squad and we're coming to town. That's right, Best Achievement in Costume Design for Jenny Bevan, who has won an Oscar fairly recently, actually, for Mad Max Fury Road. Anyway, without much further ado, enjoy my interesting, my humble and informative behind-the-scenes chat with Mr. Anthony Fabian, director of Big Hit, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, which is now available to watch streaming you can buy or rent it on digital platforms which is exactly what you should do for an uplifting good old-fashioned fun time watching a movie of course listen to the interview first oh g'day anthony great pleasure to talk to you mate thank you for your time i'm delighted to be with here with you <laughs> uh i've got to ask uh as the director of mrs harris goes to paris did I miss a cameo? Do you appear in the movie at all? No, I, I'm not a great believer in the uh, Hitchcock stroke Tarantino uh, appear in your own movie thing. <laughs> I, I, okay. I, I just don't have that kind of ego. So no, I'm not there. <laughs> uh, directing a comedy must have its challenges. Uh, tell me about hitting the right marks. Is it hard to do as a director or you just leave it to the actors? Well, recently I was told that directing comedy was the hardest thing of all, and I'm glad nobody told me that before, because otherwise <laughs> I would have been a bit intimidated. But it really does come down to the script and the actors, by and large, and yeah. of course timing. Everybody knows timing is the secret to comedy. Um, yeah. I'm more drawn to quirky and slightly dark 
comedy as opposed to broad slapsticky kind of comedy and that seemed to work for this film oh it certainly did i had a big smile on my face when i left the cinema great <laughs> and some tears i hope um i draw i i at a drop of a hat i cry so yeah i wasn't going to admit that but yeah you got that out. good no no we like <laughs> to make grown men cry uh, the story though is about daring to dream uh very inspirational uh Talk to me about Leslie. Did she, how, what did she bring as an actor? Because she had to be obviously believable in that main lead. Leslie is one of our greatest British actresses. There's no question about that. She is an incredibly well-prepared and um, nuanced and profound actress who does a lot of work in advance on the character, thinking about different aspects of the character to give her life yeah. in every dimension. And um, that was just, uh, you know, in, in a sense, all you really need to do as a director is cast Leslie Manville and you're, you're in great shape. <laughs> uh, she's gorgeous. And she just has that way about her that she uh, illuminates the screen, basically. Did you have her in mind from the beginning? Was there a casting process involved? This was a complicated role to cast because we needed a leading lady who was also a character actress. Yeah. And there aren't that many of those around who actually can get a film financed. So that's the biggest challenge of all. But once mm. Leslie was nominated for an Oscar for Phantom Thread, I immediately yes. had my sights on her because I thought, okay, I can now persuade the finance that we can make this work. And, uh, and that's in the end what happened. <laughs> well, I'm glad that that happened. Uh, and she does, totally deserved that Oscar, of course. She was, she was so good in that. Let, too. Let's hope she's up for another one now. Yeah, or yourself, maybe. You could <laughs> even be up there for a Golden Globe. Uh, why do you think stories about maturity really resonate with um, audiences, you think, like with older characters? It seemed, they seem to be very popular. It's good you ask about that. I think there does seem to be a trend at the moment, which I didn't know I was joining, of having older leading roles. Uh, so for example, Ticket to Paradise, when was the last time you saw a rom-com with two actors in their 50s and 60s? Um, and it was very important for me when telling the story of Mrs. Harris that we were telling this story that acknowledges that an older woman is capable of being considered a sexual and romantic object because not only does society dismiss older women in that way, they mm. often dismiss themselves. So a film that encourages them to believe in the possibility of love again was something that was very important to me. Um, mm. But as you say, there are other films, whether it's Top Gun with 60-year-old Tom Cruise, um, there's uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand with Emma Thompson, uh, exploring yes. her sexuality in her 60s. The, these, these, this is a trend that's occurring. And I think that this is an audience that has been very, very badly served by the studios with all the Marvel movies and special effects movies. I, I sure. think people have sort of had enough of that and are looking for something different um, and something with more heart. Oh, I agree. And I haven't read the novels at all that the movie's based on, but also independence. I think what comes with maturity is sometimes with real people, they aren't independent, but Mrs. Harris is. And I love how you portrayed that, or Leslie and you portrayed that. 
Thank you. It's also a story about um, second chances in life because, yes. you know, she's she was married and has hung on to the idea that her husband might still be alive. And so she's not really allowing herself to live. And when she finally gets the news that he's died, it opens up this whole new chapter in her life. And the dress is a catalyst to that. Well, uh, working with Jenny Bevan, talk to me about working with her. I mean, obviously, there's the high Christian Dior influence, but just in general, with the period, uh, she did so well, Jenny, but did you have to like make any suggestions or how did you get so detailed? It was wonderful. Um, well, she didn't like it if I had any suggestions to make, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she really knows what she's doing. And we did have a wonderful collaboration because we went together to Paris to the archives at Christian Dior and we oh, had wow. the chief archivist uh, essentially working with us to go through what the collection of 1957 looked like. We mm. were doing the 10th anniversary show, so we were able to deep dip into some earlier items from, from his collection and to Amazing. really do a show that was a summation of Christian Dior's output, but with all of the drama of starting with the day wear and then the cocktail dresses and then the ball gowns. And there was a whole color journey that yeah. the show goes through. And that was really very much Jenny and, 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 and me working through all of that to create that dramatic arc for the show itself. So did every time you make a suggestion to Jenny, did she tell you I've got three Oscars? She, 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 yes, she definitely said I, <laughs> at that time she only had two Oscars, I'm glad to say, but now she has three. So God knows what she's like to work with uh, at this point. But I think to, the, to be honest, she's one of the most humble and wonderful people you could know. And mm. she is a great storyteller. So she taught me that costumes are not about pretty things that people wear. They are about how they help to tell the story and inform the audience about who the character really is. Sure. And what about uh, something like the quality of television now is just so high and so popular. What's, what sets your movie apart from just being a quality television movie to being a big screen experience? There was a TV movie made of this story in the 1990s with Angela Lansbury. And I, I think if you that. watch that and watch this in contrast, you will understand the difference between a TV movie and a feature film, uh, yeah. because our film has a great deal more scale. Visually, it's much more lavish and opulent. Um, it has a lot of wonderful set pieces. There's a dog race. There's a cabaret. <laughs> there's the fashion yes. show. There's a movie premiere. So it has scenes that have more scale mm. and it it's enormously detailed in its production design so it hugely benefits from seeing it on the big screen i would encourage yeah. anyone who's thinking about maybe waiting until it comes to streaming to think again and really go and see it in the cinema because it's also a collective experience the audience mm. laughs and gasps and cries and you're not going to get all of that reinforcement from the audience if you just sit there on your computer or watch it on TV. Totally, totally agree. Uh, will we see Mrs. Harris come to Australia at any time, do you think? Very much. Um, I know that there's a festival premiere in Australia at a festival I've never heard of, 
and I'm not quite sure where it is. Um, but I think it's a specialist festival in British films, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then I think it's going to be released either mid-October or a little bit later in November. And I have a very long history with Australia. I think I spent most of my 20s and early 30s um, escaping okay. British winter and, and spending time in Sydney and working with a lot of great Australian filmmakers. And in fact, one of our screenwriters, Keith Thompson, is based in Sydney. Yes. I have yes. a long and very loving relationship with Australia, a lot of friends there. So it's a, it's a country that means a great deal to me and I hope will embrace this film. Well... I meant to say um, it's getting a theatrical release in Sydney, but I just want to see the character of Mrs. Harris come to Australia. That was my, ah, that was what I was trying to ah. think of. That's okay. <laughs> well, that, why not? I mean, she's going to go to Paris and Moscow. She's going to become a member of parliament. So she might end up in Sydney in the end. You never know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just wrapping it up. One last quick question. I mentioned Leslie, but I loved Christian, Christian McKay. He's a terrific actor that doesn't get the recognition he should so thank you for casting him what's he like to work with i'm thrilled that you mentioned christian mckay because he was my first choice for that part and yeah. i said to him last night at the premiere of the film that he proved the adage that there are no small parts only small actors <laughs> um yeah. he's an absolute delight to work with he's an enormous talent he has a huge brain he's a very very clever man he's a concert pianist and he is one of the best improvisers I've ever encountered. He had to come okay. up with an ad lib line at the beginning of the scene that he was doing coming down the stairs. And every single time he did it, it was a different and more hilarious line. He's, he's brilliant. <laughs> he's a brilliant, brilliant actor. Well, thank you for casting him. I appreciate your time. I hope the movie does very well. Uh, and Roxanne Duran, she's also very good. I thought final word she's on her. Fabulous, yeah. Roxanne is a real discovery. I mean, anyone that Michael Haneke discovered is, is going to be good in my books. And she's a very rare thing, which is a, an actress who speaks English, French and German fluently. And so she has great flexibility as a European actress, as, as well as a completely unforgettable face and a, a great emotional access. So she's a fabulous, fabulous actress. Thanks again, Anthony. I appreciate your time. Bye for now, mate. Thank you. Take care. So there you go. It's a, a movie well worth checking out. It is lavish to look at and amazing that it holds your attention and you're looking not just at the actors and the clothes that they're wearing, but the surrounds, the beautiful uh, cutlery and different lampshades and just you name it the production design on this film is top notch uh, so i hope you get a chance to watch mrs harris goes to paris it is definitely up there as a huge possibility to win the oscar for costume design jenny bevan and uh final word we'll go to mrs harris herself while she's uh navigating the streets at night looking into windows thinking hmm i could wear that if you can have this, why do you need your? Uh, haute couture is a vanity for us and our clients. In truth, I don't think the House of Joe can survive. No, love, that will be a tragedy. You can't allow that to happen. Well, I, I have an idea, but it requires a new way of thinking. What, bossy boots in the way? Madame Colbert, she guards the temple. 
Well, she let a cleaning lady buy a Dior can. Money talks. Yes, and you know what it says, so you have to do something about it. I know you can. You're ever so clever. You're the only one who believes. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this edition of Cine Critique. Again, my name is Shane A. Bassett, your host, the movie analyst, and uh, there are plenty of other episodes of Cine Critique and different people being interviewed and just views in general of entertainment and movies and other things that come to mind. Hope that you are going to subscribe. If not, just randomly pick a few podcasts and uh, see what you think. You can find me on social media at movie underscore analyst and I have a YouTube channel with lots more interviews and fun things happening uh, with actors, directors, authors, musicians. That YouTube channel is movie analyst Shane A. Bassett. Pretty easy to find. Okay, until next time, see you at the movies and bye for now.